Hello, friends. Welcome to the Most of the Harmless Podcast. I'm your host, Damn It Damien. Now, today, what you're about to listen to is uh, what we lovingly refer to as a flashback episode. Uh, this is a couple interviews I did with Rise Against back, uh, I don't know, 10 and 8 years ago. Uh, I put these up on the internet about a year ago to help build awareness and help raise money uh, to buy the equipment to eventually start the Most of the Harmless podcast. What happened is, is I uploaded them to the internet and my friends go, I don't know what a podcast is. And uh, I never got a single donation. And that's completely fine. Um, and all of a sudden, like these, these interviews have been up for about a year now. And nobody's cared. Like they've gotten two, three downloads a month at most. Somewhere along the way, somebody has linked to this uh, episode. I'm not sure where or who. Uh, if you know where, all of a sudden the interviews is getting a uh, hundred downloads a month, and I'm like, holy crap! If this is your first introduction to the show, and you hear me rambling into uh, the microphone plugged directly in the computer without the mixing board, and then you hear all this other stuff, you might not come back and check out more. Uh, needless to say, this is my first, you know, learning experience doing this. Um, please go visit mostlyharmlesspodcast.com and check out what we're doing now. We're about on episode uh, 18 and 19. Uh, I've been doing about it. About an episode a week. Uh, I took a couple weeks off here or there, but I've got interviews with Frank Turner, Chuck Reagan, Andrew WK, Brendan Kelly from the Lawrence Arms, Chris Rowe from the Ataris, uh, Arliss Nancy, uh, Austin Lucas. Um, geez, I, I can't even think of them all right now. Laura Stevenson, The Can, Cheap Girls. You know, We've got some really great episodes up there and really great episodes coming. Uh, so if this is your first time checking this out, please go to mostlyhomelesspodcast.com and take a look. Take a look and see what we got up there. Take a Take a listen. Shoot me a little email going, hey, hey, dude, I like what you're doing. Uh, and please, like, I have no idea where this Rise Against episode is getting so many downloads. So if you listened to this um, from some website, please shoot me a little email at mostlyharmlesspod at gmail.com. And uh, let me know, like, hey, I found this Rise Against interviews on this website. And again, um, instead of George Lucasing this and editing out my intro I did from a year ago. We're just going to let it fly. We're just going to let it lie and stand. And uh, it's silly. It's goofy. It's me a year ago before I really learned how to do this. And that's why it's a flashback. So um, great interviews. Embarrassing. Embarrassing uh, intro. But I love it. It makes me smile. makes me happy. Um, and this is the first block of building into what we are now. So thanks for listening. Um, and please visit mostlyhomelesspodcast.com and uh, – Check out some of the new stuff we got going. All right, thanks, buddies. Hey, guys, this is uh, Damian Burford, um, and you're listening to the Mostly Harmless Podcast. This is the preview episode number two. Um, we're working diligently on getting the first few real live episodes um, ready to go. I've already got Virgil Dickerson, uh, owner of Suburban Home Records, signed on to do one of the first couple episodes. I'm working on hammering down John Snodgrass, a drag the river, an armchair Martian, um, and there's a handful of other people we're talking to as well. I think uh, once once we get these first couple episodes going and I can pa- send them out to press agents and booking agents and um, whatnot, we can start really getting the ball rolling on getting original, authentic episodes ready to go. Uh, again, I'm sitting here in my one-bedroom apartment. Uh, it's raining outside. You can hear a little bit of that coming in through the microphone and the speakers. Um, just sitting down. It's my day off from my normal 40-hour-a-week job at, at a dot-com that I will 
not mention at this time, um, mostly because it's kind of kind of going out of business. It's not doing so well, and that's kind of how this whole podcast started. Is I uh, every day I listen to the comedy podcast of and the stylings of Mark Marin, um, Joe Rogan, Adam Carolla, uh, the Nerdist with uh, Chris singled out guy I can't remember his name off the top of my head which is embarrassing because I fucking love his show and it's one of the best and really I I just been at work trying to think of what I'm going to do once I leave this job if I leave this job because it is unfortunately uh, the company doesn't look to be doing too good it could of course change at any moment at any time but until then let's just have fun and let's see what else I can do Um, the booking shows thing it doesn't really make too terribly much money uh, touring with bands as a tour manager for Drag the River. Um, I'm also in, in talks to tour manage Mike Dean Dameron of I Can Lick Any Son of a Bitch in the House and Mr. Austin Lucas. Um, those are good, f- great fun, but they don't pay the bills. They don't pay my rent. So um, I'm trying to figure out ways of what I can do and what I'm actually good at um, to keep this going to the next level. I turned 30 in August, and it's kind of it's kind of a scary thing to kind of have gotten this far and not really have a set career set path other than the fact that the the things I'm really great at in life are booking punk rock shows and indie rock and country and sitting down bullshitting with bands. Um, the interviews we're going to be exploring today are both with the band Rise Against. Um, both of these were done very, very early in my interviewing career. Uh, I had just moved to Colorado Springs um, about a month earlier before the first Rise Against interview that we'll have we'll listen to her in a minute um i was just barely 20 years old i was young i was energetic and super excited and you can tell it all in my voice like i, I was very inexperienced when it came to interviews i'd done a done a handful living in uh, shreveport louisiana um for the zine we did out there called kgb propaganda but over the but i hadn't really come into my own i had yet to read the uh, wonderful book the art of the interview by mr lawrence grobel and really it was just it was just me being nervous and excited and energized and meeting one of my uh, newest, most favorite bands. Uh, my old roommate, Jared Moore, had uh, picked up the Rise Against CD uh, at his job, Warehouse Music, um, just a few months before we moved to Colorado. And we listened to it constantly, daily. Everywhere we went, that CD was in the CD player. So getting a chance to interview these guys, just like not even, God, we might not have even lived in Colorado a week yet. I can't, I can't exactly remember the timeline. But it, it was either early August or late August when this interview took place. And it was just, it was my first concert experience in Colorado, which was a totally different beast from the Louisiana and Texas shows that we had been used to. Uh, the, the band had played at uh, the now defunct Tulagi's Theater in Boulder, Colorado. Um, Rise Against was playing third, opening for, uh, they, they were the third, in, they were the middle slot. They were in the sweet s- slot of the bill. Pinhead Circus was headlining. Uh, Rise Against was on tour with a Victory Records band known as Reach the Sky. Uh, later on, Rise Against would take their guitar player, um, Chris, into their fold, and then he would later go on and do his other projects. Um, and then Rise Against was the third slot, and I can't remember the locals that played because, well, who knows. Um, I interviewed them shortly after their set right outside um, right outside the Fox Theater. It began to rain. You can hear it in the in the interview we talked about rain rain go away and to be honest with you listening to this is the first time i've listened to it in years and i'm incredibly embarrassed by some of the questions and some of the way i talked and but but you, you got to remember i was very new and very young at this uh, th- this interview took place just about 10 years ago 
Um, it was before I'd really gotten to work with musicians and other people. So I'm really green and just not really sure of what the hell I'm doing. And it comes out, and it's really embarrassing. But I think it's fun to listen to something this absolutely bad. And then compare it to what we got coming up and compare it to last, the last episode um, and just really, you know, see what happens. And, uh, it, and I'm fortunate enough that... With Rise Against, we developed a uh, really strong bond with these guys. Every time they came through Colorado for the first few years, we went and saw them every single night and every single show. We could, we just couldn't get enough of these guys. And to top it off, they were just cool, down-to-earth people. Um, Joe handles the majority of this first interview. Tim was still new to the band and probably still new to doing a lot of the press and things that would later come with the rest of the band. So um, really... I, I don't really have too much more to say other than I'm a completely embarrassed by this, but I think that's what's funny about it. And uh, and these guys just really have deserved all the success that it's come to them. And so without much further ado, um, let's go ahead and listen to that interview I did in August of 2001 with uh, Rise Against. All right, um, even though I know who you are, what's your name, what do you do, blah, 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 that crap. Uh, I'm Joe, I play the bass. And I'm Tim and I sing. All right. Y'all are rise against. Hell, y'all rising against. People asking us that question. I bet. Yes, that's, that's why I asked. I bet you get asked that a lot. Most commonly asked no, question. I don't know. You know, you know, it's just like. Can't go ahead. Just a cool name, huh? Uh, yeah, it's a cool name, and uh, the name, like a lot, like the lyrics, is like open for interpretation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like obviously, I think anybody, anybody is always like rising against something. Or other. You know what I mean? And so that's what the name is. The name is play. I like take it like to stand up for yourself, you know. Like, don't just let people push you around. Yeah. All right. Um, you knew it was coming. Dan, he left the band. How's the transmission been to the the step-in guitarist? Um. Yeah. Like, you know what? Like, everything's been going really well. You know. I mean, losing like a a, a member, you know, is never like an easy thing. But you know, we have a permanent replacement. We used to play in Rise Against, actually, when we first started. So, things should be like, you know, yeah. like, nothing ever happened. Like, on, on stage, like, it was pretty flawless. Like, it's been really good. And, like, off the stage, the tour's been just a hell of a lot of fun with them. It's yeah. been, like, a whole different... It's been just a really good time. <laughs> everything, everything from, like, band rides to, like, you know, like, just fucking around. Like, oh, he's, yeah. he's just a great guy to have, like, in a band. So. Now, is he, he the permanent one? Or he's no. Stage. That's the guy from Teen Idols. Yeah, right? yeah he's Tim. Our permanent guy is back at home. But he'll be with us like from now on. Okay. He'll be. Will he be here for the news for name show? Yeah. Yes, he will. Excellent. Yep. All right. Um, now, how long has it been? You, know, you played with Dan for a long time. Yeah. Right. Uh, how's it not playing with him anymore? Is it different? You know, as much as I hate to say it, I I never knew what it was like to tour without Dan, and Dan's still like my friend because I've known him forever. But touring is so much more, it's just stress-free. Like, I think I think we've gotten to, like, Tim and I maybe got into, like, two little arguments in three weeks. <laughs> and that's, like, before, it was, like, two the first... Two every day. You know? Oh, man. It was a mess. It, it was bad, you know, and I hate to say it, but it, that's, that's the truth, you know? We just weren't on the same wavelength, like, all the time. Yeah. Like, it wasn't totally his fault. It was kind of, like, the way we all, like, interacted together, like, like in the band. Like, it was, like... The time came where it was like we either break up or we go on a stronger band without him. Yeah. We didn't want to break up, so we took the other route. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good reason. No, uh, like, Q 
Kid Dynamite. Y'all sound a lot like them. I know 88 Fingers is a big influence on them. <laughs> they put out two out. Well, no, no. No, they're good. Bleh, stuttering. I know y'all y'all did the split together. Yeah, yeah. And one night, and, you know, they did two great albums and they broke up. And I would sure. hate to see y'all do that. Do yeah, one we, broke up. I don't foresee this happening now with the, like... Our lineup is definitely like solid. Our, our permanent like replacement for Dan, we've all known him for a long time. He's just a great guy, you know. Like and it's pouring. <laughs> all right, we're the hell to the right, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Shit. That would have been a good idea. All right, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um. Now you write all the music, don't don't you? You not? Pretty much. Pretty much. Like, well, for, at least for the album, I wrote everything except uh, the art of losing. Okay. Actually, that goes nowhere. So I don't know why I said. That's all right. All right. Um. <laughs> now, I, why the heavier sound versus what eighty-eight fingers? They were heavy, but it seems to be heavier now. I I just think it for me like it's the the direction like my songwriting was going in. Like it wasn't really a conscious like effort to make harder music. It was just like whatever I feel like writing, kind of you know. So I wrote a song like Stained Glass and Marble, and I write a song like Ever Changing, you know? Yeah, this is no good. Maybe uh, we can do like underneath this. Yeah. Rain, rain, go away. Move. This seems alright. Alright, now you've been all over the country in a van, locked away in a van, driving down highways. We sure have. Yeah. Um, why? Why? What? What brought you to that lifestyle? I mean, why not get a nine-to-five job working at the Seven Eleven or something? Why would, be at a band? Why be on tour? We would <clears throat> strangle ourselves working a nine-to-five job. Tim, Tim, will, will does it kind of now, I guess, more or less. Yeah, I can do. I can do both. You know what I mean? And like, I think something like with all, you know, all four of us, like, music is something that's inherent. It's like, it's like, it's inside of us, and like. We either choose to like let it out, or you choose to bury it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, like burying something that like, just trying to get out so hard. You know, you just like, you just cause a problem. You know what I mean? And you're just like stressing yourself out. That's so it's awesome that we're able to like, just totally, just totally do music and not only be able to write music and write back but also come out and like spread the word to like places like Boulder, Colorado. Yeah, so it's, it's just a lot of fun. Like you, you can't have that much fun in a 9-to-5 job. Of course, yeah. but it's you know, great. It's like, you know, if, if I had a job where a whole bunch of kids came every day to like, talk to me, you know what I mean, and like, listen to music, like, whatever, but like, this is where it's at, you know. All right, um, I'm doing the recording on the live show, on the live show, whatever. <laughs> the music phase, a lot of power, a lot of energy. Um, where does it all come from? How do you harness that that energy? How do you let it come out? Where do you find it to bring it out every night, over and over? <laughs> you know, that, it just it goes back to what, what Tim said. I think like it's just an, it's like it sounds cheesy, but it's like inside us and like just to, 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 I don't know. It's like it's just something I feel. You know, it's not like a forced like thing. You know, like, yeah. It's like every night is like. It's totally like it's there. It's like while we sit in the van for like eight hours, it's always there. And like when you come to a club and like that first chord, it's like loud fucking guitars and loud bass and loud ass drums and like the lights, you know what I mean? And the kids, you know, it's like it just comes out. And you don't know really where, know, know where it's coming from. You know what I mean? You just know it comes out. And you know that like as long as you get, you get put in that environment. I mean, well, I that, that's the reason why we put up driving eight or nine hours a day yeah. in a van and like. Every night makes it worth it. Oh yeah. Uh, well, uh, 
You're from 88 Fingers, Louis. You're in a band called Baxter. Right. And the drummer is from Pinhead Circus. Right. You guys are destined to rock from the beginning. Were there any doubts that this band wouldn't go as far as it did? Well, well, after I band we actually were totally different styles. Well, yeah. Yeah. So we were like, it was kind of... Day no by one, day. Yeah, no one really knew. No one really knew. Like, like in Chicago, everyone was like, what the hell are those three guys going to do? Those four guys going to do? <laughs> People were very skeptical. And I, I think even us were like, huh, all right, let's play this. And I don't know, you know, it was really like, it was a fluke that I even like asked Tim like to, to try out or, you know, like I just saw him in, in a different state and sick of it all. <laughs> it's crazy. It just worked out. Could have been real good or could have been real bad, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. So what's it like? Yeah. What, what's Baxter was what, more of an emo style band? Yeah, it was like more of like a, like a real uh, heavy, emo, melodic, kind of chaotic kind of sound, you know? So is it that is this a far departure from what you were I think it is. This is a lot, it's a lot more aggressive. It's a lot faster. There's a lot more screaming going on. Like, screaming was something that I wasn't really familiar to prior to this band. It was like, did a little bit of it, but I didn't do it as like... At least as controlled as it is in this world. So that was a new element, but like it was something that like was a lot of fun to, fun to do. All right, uh, you have Russ from Good Rinse on your album doing backup vocals, aren't you? But what's your relationship with him? Do you think big? Just just friend? Yeah, <clears throat> Russ and I like go like. 88 met Good Rinse back in '94, so I just from back then. And Russ and I have similar like values and. You know, just developed a friendship, carried over into this band. He likes the band, you know. He's a good guy. But they're on tour. They played in Denver like a couple days ago. Any reason why you're on with them? Or just, just <laughs> never came about? Well, we were supposed to be kind of like, they asked Kill Your Idols, and they thought Kill Your Idols broke up, so then they asked us to be on that tour. And then Kill Your Idols called like two days later and said, we can do the tour. So they had to honor that, you know. Yeah, I would love to see that show. Um, <laughs> we, we would have liked to do that tour because we're really good friends with Death by Stereo yeah. too. I don't know. I like to kill your idols too, but uh, yeah. Let's see. I think I'm about out. You got anything? No. You're just quiet. All right. Um, any final words? Anything else you want to add? Uh, thanks for the interview. Yeah. Thanks for showing up. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap, I can't actually believe I asked those guys. So, uh, what are you rising against? What a fool I was. Um, but as we said earlier, you know, I was a 20-year-old, um, just barely 20 years old. I turned 20 maybe a week or two before this interview had happened. Um, and I was still pretty new to interviewing bands and had not yet started working, you know, in the music industry in the way I am now to know that, like, you don't have to be a dumbass, you know, all the time. And, you know, I thought it would be a fun, interesting way to start off the interview. And I found out and years later that usually kind of things like that kind of derail the interview and kind of take it away um, from the real meat and potatoes of it all. Um, but anyway, like, Joe and Tim were incredibly kind and nice to me. And over the years, like, we had stayed pretty well acquainted um, whenever they would come to Colorado. We, me and my friends, we'd go check out every single show we could. Um, and we did, and they knew us. They they recognized us and would always talk to us. They, you know, they might not have remembered my name, but they always remembered me from the interview and would casually ask me how the zine was doing, which, of course, at the time, it was doing nothing. You know, the whole reason I moved to Colorado was to start the zine, Mostly Harmless. And, uh, you know, I was just an angry, bitter 20-year-old kid who was a thousand miles away from home and everything he knew, and I wasn't getting along very well with the people I'd moved there with, which was my own damn fault. And, uh, you know, I kind of just freaked out and 
you know, hit away with my anger and depression. And while I had mostly harmless issue number one completely done and ready to go, it just never got done because I was just so fucking busy walling in my own self self pity and fucking mess. And this is before I started drinking. I was still a straight edge kid at this time. Anyway, so like, who knows what have happened? You know. If we had actually started mostly harmless back then, when labels still threw money at zines, um, who knows where I'd be and what would happen now? But this is still one of the very early Rise Against interviews. Um, it only got published on my website at the time. Um, it's been published a couple of different times on a couple of different websites I've run, but uh, um, until now, it's, this is the first time it's ever been heard. And not, these were all recorded just on a cassette, on a cassette recorder never really meant for the public to hear. So that's kind of one of the reasons why it's so bad. And another reason why it's so bad is because I was a very super excited 20-year-old, you know, punk rock kid who was excited to meet some of his newest heroes. Yeah. Anyway, it was, it was an incredible show at Two Loggies, and it's a bummer that venue is no longer there and that Boulder's never really um, got their scene back up to par since then and since moved down to Denver and Fort Collins. Um, anyway, let's move on to the second interview. Um, it's with still with Tim and Joe from Rise Against. Uh, this this time it's in the uh, basement of Thirty Two Blue, a um, high class venue that lasts in Colorado Springs for just a couple of years in the early two thousands. Um, I saw some fucking amazing bands there, you know, uh, none of which pop off top of my head. Um, mostly over the years and all the drinking I've done I can't remember exactly anything I, I do remember I, Art Alexis from Everclear went and I wanted to go so badly because I loved that one Everclear album but anyway I didn't go because it cost a fucking 30 bucks to get in there and fuck Everclear's not that good and now I'm fucking making myself sound like an even bigger loser anyway regardless like th- this interview took place in the basement of 32 Blue uh, Tim and Joe had just played the show um, they were tired um, they were worn out, but they were calm, they were cool, and they were willing to deal with my bullshit. And as you can tell from this interview, no more, what are you raising against questions? And more or less, you know, just me sitting down with two dudes who I'd gotten to know decently, not pretty well, but, you know, well enough um, to just have a conversation. There is still a bit of those, uh, I'm out of questions, what do we ask now moments. But for the most part, it's just me hanging out with two dudes talking to them about the upcoming album. Uh, you can hear, I, I'm not sure who now is tapping on the table, but you can hear somebody tapping on the table um, where the uh, recorder sat. And then um, Tim kind of backs away from the mic towards the end, and you can't hear him so well. But, you know, all these things in future episodes will be rimified because we're actually going to do this professionally properly from now on, and not just with a tape recorder, with actually microphones, a sound system, maybe even a sound engineer. Um, my buddy Ian from Blank Tape Records, Azari, kind of volunteered to help out with that. Um, so we'll see what happens from there. But, again, this is, this, is, uh, this is about a year and a half later. This is the day RPM came out in stores. This is technically their record release party, but not so technically because I believe they had done it a few weeks earlier in Chicago, their hometown. Um, so, anyway, without further ado, without further ramblings from my dumbass, here we go with our second Rise Against interview, and away we go. I've been up since 3.30 this morning. We've been on tour for uh, 50 days. Yeah. So, uh... I've done this before about a year and a half ago in Boulder. Yeah. Remember, two years. What, what has been up since then? How has things been? What tour was that? That was uh, Roots of Sky. Oh, oh shit. That was a long ass time ago. <laughs> a lot of since then. Um, Y'all got what, a new guitar player? <clears throat> two new guitar players. Two new guitar players. Yeah, Todd's been in the band now for almost a year though. Mm-hmm. So it's not so new to us anymore. Yeah, after Roots of Sky, we did what? We did like an East Coast AFI tour. We did. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. yeah, we did that. We did 
tour with the Mad Caddies um, that winter. We did a tour with the Lawrence Arms that January. We did a tour with Strife. We toured Agnostic Front and the business and the casualties. Went to Europe was sick of it all. Still to do that. When we got back from that, we basically did um, two months. We strung out uh, Canada and North America, along with bands like Poison the Well and Snapcase mm -hmm. and uh, The Line and There's lots of shit. Yeah. So, uh, how come the new new guitar player? Just the other <coughs> one didn't work out. Yeah, it wasn't gelling. That's cool. It wasn't coming together right. Um, now, when I first saw you guys in Boulder, you were one of the opening bands. Then just like, a, what, a month ago, you came back, headlined, tore the place up. You know, you've gone from, like, what, 15 kids knowing all the songs to everybody. It's got to be pretty kick-ass, right? It's amazing. Yeah, it's a good feeling. Yeah, I, I really can't complain, you know. It's awesome that people are just keep coming back to our shows and stuff like that, and more and more kids are coming back and knowing the songs and stuff. It's like a really gratifying, like, experience. Yeah, this is like my fifth time seeing you guys. Really? You guys like Colorado, huh? We love Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> we always come back through here. And, you know, and Brandon, our drummer, obviously yeah. has history here, so, like, it makes a lot of fun, you know. And, like, we know the Pinhead and, like, Coming Destroyer guys. Or Love Me Destroyer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Love Me Destroyer guys. And I don't know. We've always had great shows in Fort Collins and Boulder and Denver and now here. And that was our first time playing here. So how long did y'all spend in Fort Collins recording? 24 days. 24 days. Was that a... The all guys are pretty crazy, huh? Yeah, it was it was such a good experience. <clears throat> you know, we definitely learned a lot, and we we worked really well with Bill and Jason. So I think they're, you know it shows on the record for sure. Now, for you, this is like your first time in the studio without Dan, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. So. I mean, we did some comp tracks sans Dan. <laughs> but but the first like major. Yeah. So was it was it different or was it kind of more relief? relief? It was to be honest, it was way less stressful. <laughs> like we actually had fun yeah. in the studio, yeah. and um, yeah, I mean that, that was it. Like <clears throat> I guess yeah, just less stressful for sure. Now I've had that. I, I found the CD on AOL one time and downloaded it like two weeks ago, and at first it, it had to grow on me. New now I think yeah, I think it's just awesome. Oh. Cool. What all did you guys have to put forth to make it, you know, what did you put forth to bring it to that level? How did, how did you surpass the first one, I guess I should say? I think just, we're just like a different band, I think, when we first started. Like, the first record was written primarily yeah. by Joe, and a lot of it was written there before, even during the band, you know what I mean? And yeah. then this record was <coughs> way more collaborative, <coughs> collaborative effort, you know, like, and we spent a lot of time on it, too, because we went through so many lineup changes and all kinds of bullshit. And uh, so we spent a lot of time like teaching songs instead of like learning new ones, you know, like writing new ones. So, but in the meantime, like we had ideas floating around. We were writing stuff in hotel rooms on the road and on tour. And so this record's kind of like two years in the making, like a bunch of ideas that we had put together, and everyone's contributed a lot more. Um, you know, <clears throat> and there's there's a uh, review of a record on punknews.org yeah. that I think it, it puts it. <clears throat> I don't know, really well where it says, it sounds like this band has grown together and just like writes as a band. And, and so it's just like, we, we understand each other now. I mean, after spending this much time with anyone, I mean, it's hard not to know each other, yeah. but I just think we click like a lot, you know, like, a lot better now. Like we barely knew each other when we did the first record, you know, like 
we barely know what kind of band we were even. You know what I mean, we were just like jamming in a basement. You know what I mean? Like we did that record after a handful of shows. You know, and um, we were still like, for lack of a better term, like finding ourselves as a band. You know what I mean? Like finding like, our identity as a band. And two years of touring really helped us find that, and really helped us like figure out where we fit in, and and also just like figuring out that we like we love playing live. We have such a good time playing live. We wanted to try to have our live show represented as much as possible on our new record. You know what I mean? Like that spontaneity that like in a live show, like Bill Stevenson was great at like at getting that onto a record. So. Now, uh, why the uh, why? Do you play guitar instead of getting a second guitar player? Is there not enough room in the band? Or? No, you, you know what? I, well, me personally, mm -hmm. I like him playing guitar because he can play something and after like two minutes, like yeah. I know exactly what he's doing and vice versa. And same, I mean, Todd, we all work together so well. Right. I think it'd be such a pain in the ass to try to find somebody to mm -hmm. like fit in like that. And we get along so well pers like personality-wise that like, I don't know, it, it just... <laughs> I don't know. Me personally, like I just like Tim playing guitar. It's like if the shoot fits, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, why throw a wrench in the gears? You know what I mean? Like everything's working out good. I think too many cooks spell the pot, and you know, like it's like there's four of us. We're good, you know. Like, like I like to, like I'm trying to mix it up live too, or not just behind the guitar all night, because I really think interaction is an important part of our band. You know, yeah. interaction with the, interaction with the crowd and everything. And we'll always do that. You'll never find a rise against show. Where I'm just like sitting by the <laughs> all night. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I want. Well, that's that's one thing I was afraid of was losing some of the because you're a really good front man not to kiss your ass you. too much but put forth a lot of energy every every show I've seen and with the guitar you still push it you still mm -hmm. jumping around and screaming and singing <laughs> I love it's not I, boring yeah I mean I love playing guitar as much as I love singing yeah, I mean, so I like, hope that shows yeah um, I was reading something about a death by stereo split. Yeah, is that, that still going on? Or? We've been reading that too. Yeah, well, no, like, like, like I've talked to Ephraim about it, mm -hmm. but like, their schedule it just never works out. I right. mean, I don't know. They're so busy. I, I, I don't know if they'll ever see the light of day. But I think like us and Death are two like the busiest bands out there. I know. Just like time wise, like can't fit anything. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't seem so. But I think if we ever, if our band ever slowed down a little bit, had some time to do it, it's something that we both. Like those guys who said they're down, like, fuck yeah, I'd be down. I mean, I love Death by Stereo and all those guys, so. Yeah. Um, now, what is The Killing Tree? Is that something? It's just a side project, like, yeah. the kind of band I do with friends I live with. Yeah. How'd you find time for that? Um, it started, like... You guys are, like, non-stop. I can't see how you could fit that in there somewhere. Well, there, there really isn't that much time put into it at all. I mean, yeah. like, it's, like, really minimal. Um, it started a long time ago, and we were still trying out drummers for Rise Against, and then I just lived with, had some roommates, and we had a practice space in the basement. And that's how it started. And so we just kind of squeezed in some recording here and there, and some shows here and there, but obviously we haven't toured at all, and you know, it's been a long time to do that. And, I don't know. Do you think that'll ever happen, touring or anything? At this rate, no. Yeah, I'd overkill, huh? Mm -hmm. um, Unless I want to go on tour like 365 days a year. <laughs> Because I'm pretty much already touring 364 days a year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, what are you guys going to do next? Take some time off? Just keep plugging away? Keep plugging away. By time off, if you, if you mean by, uh, 10 days, uh, we have 10 days off, then we go to Europe, then we have 5 days off, then we go to Japan, then we do, yeah, then we have like a week, then we do Warped Tour, then we have maybe... Like less than a week. 
when we do five days on the West Coast, then Did back on the Warped Tour. Back East Coast Warped Tour. <clears throat> do you guys ever miss Chicago? Yeah, for sure. We miss our friends. and We love what we do, but I mean, yeah, taking a break is a good thing mentally <laughs> and physically. Um, hey, hey. What's going on, man? What's up, Bruce? Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. No, it's no problem. <laughs> shit. Um, that's really all I had. Um, so what's it like going overseas? Well, you just like, did it once so far. Yeah. What was? Have you ever been overseas before? No, that was my first time. So what? I'd say. How was that different for you? It was great, and we opened up for Sick of All for a month, and so we we're. I mean, that's spoiled. You know, no matter how you put it, you know, I mean, that's great. Like they're a great band. They're great people. They're like awesome live show. Like kids love them. So like, there's a ton of people at their shows. We got to open up for Sick of It All and Bad Religion in Belgium for 6,000 people. Like, there's really, you can't complain at all. Uh -huh. you know? Like, it was a great time. So, in that in that respect, it was an awesome experience. I'm looking forward to going back over there with my caves. Uh, I have nothing else to ask since I asked it all pretty much last time. Mm. Um, well, tell everyone to come to Warp yeah. Tour. I will. Denver Warp Tour. On the Volcom stage. Yeah. What about the new album? What, personally, do you guys have any favorite tracks on the new album? Or is it just... Personally, my favorite, which I was screaming for the whole time, was track six. I don't know the name, but is that, I really like that one. That's the one about... Uh, oh, it starts off with a guitar. Voices it, off It's camera. the one about uh, somewhere to sleep at night. Yeah. 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 Actually, I was about to say that that's my favorite one right now, too. Yeah. You know, my, my, really quick, my favorite one is probably track nine, um, Last Chance Blueprint. It's a really like, just like punk rock, energetic kind of mid-tempo song. So will we hear more of the new album, the Warped Tour? Yeah, I like to, well, me personally, I like to do a half and a half. Yeah. Put, like, we've been playing the Unraveling so long, it's like, I know we're, we're a little over it, and like, yeah. I'm sure kids want to hear some new shit. Yeah. It's hard to play so many new songs at this rate, and record came out today, you know, so no one knows it yet, and we want to keep people interested, so. I've had it for a couple weeks. Yeah. I've had it for a couple weeks, but until, like, yesterday, I haven't really listened to it. The yeah. first time I listened to it, it was just like, Sorry, put it aside, put this back in. Uh -huh. And then I forced myself to listen to it. It's just like, I'll listen to it, my car stereo sucks. I've listened uh -huh. to it, my headphones. Oh, cool. I, I loved it. Well, but, I'm, uh, glad, I'm glad I think those are good records. Like, you can't just, like, you, know, you gotta, like, absorb good records. Right, no. Mm -hmm. um, one more quick thing. You guys have been on tour for two years together for the most part. Whenever you get tired of each other, what the hell do you do? How do you escape one punch another? each other? We punch you. know what's weird? There's never a point where we're like, fuck you. <laughs> it's like, well, you know what? Like, when we want, want to, like, some sort of privacy, we usually like, just like headphones and read a book or something. But even even when we're on tour and there's other bands around, for some reason, we still hang out. <laughs> just like yeah. us. Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah. We wouldn't be able to do this if we didn't get along so well. That's <laughs> for sure. Stuff like, stuff like fighting on tour is still pointless. Yeah. I mean, like, for the most part, it's something stupid that you're fighting about. And it's related to the fact that you've just been on the road for so long and you're just stressed out and it's got nothing to do with the other guys in the band. And so as long as you can acknowledge that and do something like put your headphones out on before you say something stupid, you know, like, yeah. that's kind of how it goes. But yeah, like, we did it long as well. Like, we should have killed each other a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, we didn't. Yeah, so. Right. Um, we're, we're pretty good at like taking our time doing things too sometimes. Like, Literally, sometimes we're just all like on the road for so long, 
Like, we'll just take the day and go see a movie or something like that. <laughs> like, we're, we're good at like making time for things to keep us sane. You know what I mean? Like, we'll just be like, fuck this, let's go see a movie right now. You know what I mean? Or like, screw this, let's go to this mall and just hang out for hours. You know what I mean? Or like, it's, you know, I don't know. It's good. Those, those little things like that are good, like good in the long run to keep you going. You know, you can enjoy yourself or, or take time to see the part of the country that you're in. You know? yeah. We stay with friends and we can because it's a lot more fun than Super 8. So when y'all are home, do y'all still hang out together? Or y'all haven't yeah. been home, huh? Well, yeah, there's never, I mean, over, you know, when the time we were home um, between the Strung Out Tour and, like, doing the record and stuff, like, you know, we see shows, or we see each other at shows and stuff. We practice all the time. I live with Todd, actually, with Todd, so we never not see each other. Juan's always around. Our birthday at Juan's always around. You know? Yeah. I guess that's it because I don't have any other. That's, that's, uh, that's about it. Let me ask you a question. How do you feel about American Nothing changing their name again? I don't like their new name. <laughs> Give up the ghost. It's 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 all right. How do you feel about them on a major label? Are they? I didn't know about that. Yes, it's against collection of Rise against collection of little shoes. Yeah, we have one of the five hundred. Five hundred. Little shoes. Ah, okay. No, I didn't know American Nothing was on a major. Yeah. I knew Thrice just signed to a major. Dude, who isn't on a major? I mean, come on. I know. I don't We're not. Oh. <laughs> Something everybody wanted me to ask you. Have y'all heard the new AFI album? Yeah. Do y'all like it? I love it. Okay. Without a doubt, yeah. I'm gonna do it. It was one of those records I, I ain't gonna do it at first. Yeah. But now I'm like pretty stoked on it. Like, I think that they've really. They've, made, they've maintained like a consistent level of like really doing like, different color records like you were saying the other day. Like that's awesome, you know. So they didn't rewrite anything. They did something totally new, and I think that's what keeps bands. That's what good bands like do. Yeah. That's why they stay around. Maintain the interest. Cool. Like, yeah, they, they always change their sound, you know. And you always have the diehard fans that are like, this is this is I'll listen to it a few more times. Give it a listen, man. There's a few tracks on there I really like, and there are some that's just like. Yeah, that's word. That's word. It's too slow for me. I listen to too much speed metal, hardcore I mean, shit. Fast is good, but like, I, there's definitely a place for slower stuff yeah. just to break things up. Well, it's like my favorite bands right now are probably Atreyu and Weezer. Oh yeah. They're like, yeah, totally. Totally opposite. But okay. But that's all I got for you guys. If y'all want to go mingle or. Well, we gotta load out actually. Yeah. Alright, there we have it, folks. That was me interviewing Tim and Joe from Rise Against in the basement of uh, 32 Blue in Colorado Springs. Uh, again, I was like 23 years old when we'd done that, but uh, long, long after the very first interview, and not long, like a year and a half, but within that year and a half, I'd you know gone to Denver every weekend and was interviewing every band I could. And so for that year and a half, we interviewed... I. I, my skill levels greatly increased and I feel like I was a much better interviewer in that second one. I still cringe because there's still a lot of garbage in there. A lot of mmm and ahs and a uh. But then again, I still stutter and I still do that even here with this microphone sitting in the comfort of my living room. Um, you know, I, I wish we had done something with either the first or the second mostly harmless, you know, interviews for the zine here. Um, but nothing really ever came 
from it. We did the second interview to kind of re-kickstart me and my projects, and it just it never saw the light of day. This is the first time it's ever been heard. It was never read by anyone, um, so it's a real treat. Um, it, there's some really good juicy stuff in there, and and genuinely, I love these guys. They're fucking rad dudes, and I'm super excited for their massive amounts of success over the years. And I can't really wish it wish them any ills um you know i may not love their new albums as much as i loved rpm which is still to this day one of my top 10 favorite records um and 10 you know uh moments that pushed me to who i am you know i i think back very fondly to that album in those days and you know i i don't think i'd be where i am and who i am you know if it wasn't for these guys and them showing me this dumbass you know 20 something kid you know how cool you know they can be and i've interviewed some fucking dickhead bands i interviewed this one band that'll remain unnamed but they just sat in their bus and watched uh young frankenstein kind of half-assed answered my questions as i interviewed them they weren't into it they didn't care so um needless to say um in the for future episodes of mostly harmless um once we get into the meat potatoes the real podcast um it's going to be a little bit more me sitting down just holding a conversation with, with some cool dudes. Vir, like As I said earlier, Virgil Dickerson's already agreed to do it. I'm um, trying to talk John Snodgrass into do it. That guy can talk for days. We'll probably have to break that up into about eight different episodes. Love the guy, but goddamn, he can talk. Um, so we're just going to keep keep this ball rolling. I'm just going to try to pump out an episode every week, every two weeks. Uh, more realistically, once we get things really going, it's going to be about every two weeks put out an episode. Uh, we're going to do it really professional, uh, soundboard, sound system, and all that good stuff. Um, again, I just registered MostlyHarmlessPodcast.com. Um, it takes you to our Bandcamp page. Um, eventually, it'll take you to the w- real web page that I'm going to build. Um, we're going to sell some T-shirts of the uh, original Mostly Harmless uh, issue one cover. Uh, those T-shirts are going to be printed by Mr. Chad Price from Drag the River and All. He runs a wonderful screen printing company in uh, Fort Collins, Colorado called Bleeding Heart Press. So uh, stay tuned for those. We're going to be selling those, I believe, for about 12 bucks, maybe 15 I uh, haven't decided yet. Um, I, I, I still subscribe to those punk rock sensibilities that um, T-shirts should be 10 bucks, but I might do something like 15 bucks postage paid so that we can you know cover all our bases. Anyway, stay tuned next week. I've got an interview with uh, Big Wig sitting here on my desk. It came out really fucking good. It was right in support of their third album, which the name of escapes me at the moment. Um, I'm going to dig through this bag of tapes and see what else I can find in here from uh, days of old and see if we can throw those together and do another podcast episode while we're still waiting on trying to get the recordings done for the, uh, the new, the real thing. So once again, thanks for listening to this preview episode. Uh, question, comments, concerns can be directed to mostlyharmlesspod at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out mostlyharmlesspodcast.com, uh, which should be going authentic and real sometime within the next week. But who knows, because I work a 40-hour-a-week job, and then I book shows, and then I usually end up clocking in somewhere around a 60 to 80-hour-a-week. And if it's really crazy, a 100-hour-a-week. So anyway, check out mostlyharmlesspodcast.com. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.